So we're sitting backstage in the glorious surroundings of the Sage Gates Head again. Indeed. With Mr. Daryl Hyam of the Melbourne Maves Band and of course the Cat Men. How are we? Good, thank you. Yeah? Yeah, very good. Lovely to be back. Lovely to be back. Lovely venue this. We've played here once before with the Melder and it was yeah. incredible. It was a really great night. Yeah. It's just one of those really well thought out and uh, well built uh, yeah. live venues that you uh, you don't get all over the country, you know. So mm. it's it's lovely to be here, yeah. And were you here last night? Were you in Newcastle last night? Did you stop or not? Yeah, we came up, we were in Brighton um, a couple of days ago. Uh, we left Brighton after the show and drove straight up. So we, we woke up here in Gateshead, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And so. had a night out last night, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, we just... We just um, Melda and I just went out of our daughter and we just had something okay. to eat at Harry's Bar, yeah. which was fantastic. And then, uh, yeah, so that's just what we do. Melda's really. away off to the pantomime now, I believe. She's at the pantomime, <laughs> yeah. It's very rock and roll, isn't it? <laughs> So thanks for giving us your time, and uh, you know, because obviously it's important that you get out and see the pantomime and things at this time of year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the new album, Tribal. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wonderful record. Thank you. Quite different, well... Quite hard hitting this time compared to, to stuff, especially in the guitar tones. Quite rocking, I thought. Yeah, Amelda wanted. Amelda said two or three years ago um, that the next album she wanted it to be more of her sort of post punk influences. Right. Because that's really the kind of music that she listens to a lot at home. You know, the mm-hmm. B52s and Blondie mm. and Pretenders and mm-hmm. bands like that. Um, she has a real love for that kind of a thing. And, um, but she said to me, um, because, you know, whenever we did rockabilly songs in the, in the set, I mean, traditionally we would, we would choose covers, you know, mm. it'd be the Johnny Burnett track or it'd mm. be an Elvis track or it'd be, you know, a Pat Cup or something mm. like that. Songs that Amelda loves, you know, but, um, but I said to her, really, you know, we should, we should write a couple of rockabilly songs and put, mm. and put them on the album, you mm. know, so, uh. We sat down and Melda wrote Right Amount of Wrong, which turned out to be a great rockabilly track. Mm. And and I came up with Five Good Men. So between us, we sort of, we've got the, the rockabilly thing covered really within the set. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because um, her set has always been very eclectic. You know, it's always been all the different types of music that she loves. Sure. Yeah. So um, we felt that between us, we could we could come up with a couple of rockabilly tracks. but. But yeah, it's, it is it's it's it is a, a heavier album than than um, than Mayhem and certainly yeah. more than Love Tattoo. Yeah. But the but the the origins of it were kind of there even in even on Love Tattoo. You know, you mm-hmm. had um, What You Gonna Do and you know even Love Tattoo is, mm-hmm. is quite a heavy song mm-hmm. really. Um, and Mayhem, you had Psycho and and, yeah. and uh, songs like that. So it was always there to, to do an album like this. Yeah. And this is what she wanted to do at this moment in time. Right. And it was noticeable in, in the guitar tones, I thought, more than any. I mean, because like you say, the songs are, you know, you've had that style of song now and again uh, in past stuff, but your guitar tone especially was much more gritty sounding. I mean, you've even used, it sounds like a baritone and Leslie stuff yeah, and, yeah. and things. Yeah, I think we wanted to come up with something um, not quite as clean as perhaps what we had before mm-hmm. you know I mean I've always sort of worked on the edge of distortion but but 
never really gone into it in a big way. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't really suit how I've always played, you know. Yeah. Um, but for this, we sort of felt that it needed to be heavier, even though I'm still sort of playing the rockabilly stuff. That, sure. Yeah. You know, but it just it works. It seems to work. It's a it's a. I, I I'm really very proud of this album. Mm. You know, I'm quite proud of what I've done on it and. I think Amel was very, very proud of it. Um, it's it's exactly the album that she wanted to make, right? So, and the, those first two songs that you mentioned, the rockabilly ones, were they the sort of first two songs that you wrote for the album, or did you have others? Um, I think made? no. I think Amelda had most of the songs kind of sketched out, right? Before we started recording them, and she knew she wanted to use goes to love because that was kind of left over from the last right. album really but that's a very old song goes to love that right. I wrote that many years ago um, and it's it's kind of an odd song really because I wrote it from a man's perspective mm-hmm. and obviously she's singing it you know, from, a woman, <laughs> from a woman's yeah. perspective but um, but it works you know um, and um, so she knew she was going to use that although We'd already recorded it with the, the the guys that we did mayhem with, right? Um, but um, we didn't use that version. We re-recorded it with Mike Crossy at um, at uh, his studio, Livingston Studios in Wood Green, mm-hmm. um, and it was a little bit more earthier, you know. Mm-hmm. So so it came out better, really, for this album. Um, songs like Round the Bend and um, well a lot of those songs that Amelia wrote herself you never you never know she's written a song right you just you know when you you turn up to, re- to start rehearsing right. because <laughs> um, she doesn't play them to me or sing them to me before before she doesn't say oh, I've written a song what do you think right she doesn't do that you know we just we, we, we meet up as a band we go into the studio and she says right here are the songs right. and she'll Play which is great being that you you know obviously you are a family and yeah yeah well it's nice really to keep separate. it all yeah to keep it all separate and it was the same with with how I write you know I'm not as prolific a songwriter as a melder so mm-hmm. you know I, I just sort of I went into to to a room and and came up with two two or three songs and she chose five good men you know mm. um, so it's uh, yeah well it works out quite well really Good, good. And then there's a uh, little pixie mm. all of a sudden in the middle there. Yeah. Beautiful, almost Buddy Holly-esque ballad. Yeah. Wonderful guitar solo in the middle of it. Thank you. Uh, a little nod perhaps to your Hank Marvin well, influences there. but Well, we kind of wanted to do that as like a like a Gene Vincent and the Blue Caps yeah. type thing. And it's the probably... I really tried everything to get that sort of Cliff Gallop sound uh, I mean I didn't have a duo jet at the time I have one now mm. I'd love to have used it on that song but um, but I was playing my um, 6120 on probably 90% of that yeah. album um, so uh, what a very clean tone and uh, I think I even played Mike um, Unchained Melody or Vincent's version of important words something right. like that you know and right. just said look that it'd be nice That's if we could get that sort of sound on that yeah. song and um, and that's kind of what we went for it, right. it, it is it's a lovely song and it, the lyrics came from Imelda's brother 
who wrote it as a poem when Violet was born. Our daughter right, was born. I wonder if it was, yeah, yeah. yeah and Imelda just put it to, uh, to put it to music. Right, and it's a lovely song. And you mentioned there, obviously, uh, the Gretsch thing. The last time we talked, you just got hold of this beautiful Gibson with adornment of knobs and switches and everything, yeah. and, and you were in love with that. And yeah. Now you've got sixty-one twenties and duo jets and yeah, yeah. Well, I've gone back to Gretsch because um, I sort of felt that I think when it comes to playing guitar, I think every guitar player feels this without necessarily mentioning it. But a lot of what you do is down to confidence. Mm-hmm. I mean, every you know anyone that can get up on stage and play is good enough and mm-hmm. fluid enough. Mm-hmm. But you always feel. Oh, I'm better when I'm in the bedroom but by myself yeah, yeah. just yeah. playing playing along yeah. to records or you think you know I can't do on stage what I do at home yeah. and and a lot of it is just purely down to confidence it's like anything in life and I'd been struggling for many years um, to you know I'd walk off stage sometimes and, and feeling that I hadn't played to as well as, you could as, well as I could and a lot of that was a lot of it's psychological, you know, but but I just feel more comfortable playing a Gretsch. It it just sort of goes right. hand in hand with with what I do, and it always has done. Yeah, I got into guitars through Eddie Cochran, and specifically the guitar that Eddie Cochran played. Yeah, and uh, I always wanted a guitar like that, so um, it felt right to go back to them. I I tried a variety of guitars, and love them all and they're all great in their own, in way. Their own way but it really just boiled down to wanting to go back to what I started with really yeah. and uh, and luckily enough Gretsch, Gretsch gave me a deal and I became an endorsee and so we'll be seeing a Daryl Hyam signature model to go with Brian Setzers and the <laughs> Reverend and no 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 because no. you see those guys have got rockabilly sewn up you know, in they, America, well, everywhere really. You know, I mean, there's uh, it's, there's little point in doing. You know, if, I mean, because you know the other thing about Gretsch is that they're not they're not just a rockabilly guitar. Um, I mean, I don't just play rockabilly with with a melder. That's a very yeah. small part of what yeah, I do. Yeah. And and I think Gretsch are very keen to to for that to be the case. You know, I think it's it's always been seen as a niche thing. Yeah. Um, but you can you can play anything, it's any type of music you want to, yeah, 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 on any type of guitar, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I have no idea what Les Pauls were originally designed for, but it, but probably Les Paul didn't 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 think that there'd be a Jimmy Page in the future. Quite, you know? quite, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I think it's the same with the Chet Atkins um, thing, you know. Mm. I mean, Eddie Cochran took what was a. a, a a country guitar to most people mm. and played rock and roll on it, yeah. you know, and and uh, subsequent players have done different. I mean, Pete Townsend played one with the Who for for yeah. a lot of years, you know, yeah. and uh, so you know, I'm I'm quite keen to 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 play as many different types of right. music as I can on it, and and, I, and I'm one of these guys that, that one of these players that that likes to have just one guitar. You know, I don't yeah. like to have three or four guitars. I yeah. don't see the point in that. Yeah. If, if, because uh, you know, I, I have a, a, a style of playing which I can't change, even if mm. I wanted to. You mm. know, so I might as well just stay with the one guitar. Right. And uh, so I had a, I had Gretsch um, 
build me a, a guitar in their custom shop. Right. And it's um, a, a cross between a White Falcon and a 6120. Right. So it just looks like a bigger version of a 6120 right. with, a, with a Falcon headstock. So right. it's kind of an odd looking thing. But I love it, and and I've been playing that for the last few months since since they built it for me, and it's and it's beautiful. But when you know when you listen to someone like like Sets of Play, I mean, I think he gets unfairly labelled as just a rockabilly guitar player when he can play anything. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he can play yeah. it masterfully. You know, yeah. he's just one of those great great guitar yeah. players that doesn't really get the credit he deserves because he is an incredible player. He really is. Yeah. I remember when I first bought the uh, um, the first Stray Cats album, so I would have been 11, 10, 11 years old. Yeah. And I just, I knew there and then that you're never going to get any better than that, you know. Yeah. So there's no point trying to better it. <laughs> it's, it, it, it can be as good. No, I don't think you can even do that because no. because he was doing stuff at 20 years old that I could only dream about. You know, I, yeah. I still can't do that now at 44, you know, so <laughs> there's, no, there's no real... But then you haven't tried, that's the thing you've said to yourself, but I'm not even going to try, am I, so... Yeah, but again, you're only ever going to emulate, you know, and that's the thing, I mean, that's the, I mean, there's lots of great players that I love from mm. the 50s up until today, mm. and and my, my, my uh, philosophy was always just take the bits that you can play and that you like and that you can mm. use, mm. and then just mix it all up and try and come up with your own way of doing things. And and that's really how I've how I've done how I've done things, you know. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of diff- different influences going on with, with what I do, but uh, I mean, there's uh, there's one particular track that I always remember. It was on the B side of Stray Cat Strut, and it's a blues song called "Drink That Bottle Down." Yeah, right. Drink that bottle down. Yeah. Oh my God, the playing on that is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it really is. And you think he was twenty, twenty one, twenty two when he played that. Mm. I mean, it's frightening, really, you know. So, yeah, you know, you sometimes just got to say, well, that's there, that's the best. Yeah, it doesn't get yeah. any better than that. So, um, the Reverend Horton, he do you rate him? Another I don't, Gretsch player. I don't know much about him. No, I, I really have never heard much. He's um, a pretty monster player, like again. But, his, yeah, yeah, but I know he's he's a great player. Yeah. Um, I mean, you see his name everywhere, and Gretsch, you know, the Gretsch guys really love him and yeah. you know he's got his own guitar yeah. I mean I know he's a great player I've seen clips here and there but yeah. I mean um, no I've never really heard too much I should do and I will do I will because I've met him I met him briefly at a gig in Germany and he was a really really lovely guy mm. really lovely guy and um, but uh, yeah I need to educate myself a little bit more with uh, with, uh, with the modern contemporaries with the red, red <laughs> because <laughs> you've been to America of course recently mm. good tour of there and it looks like things are starting to happen I mean obviously you've been there before and stuff but you've been on the TV and stuff this time around and it just looks like things are starting to happen really good for you over there is that a fair well, point to say or? She's well Amelda's got a very loyal fan base in America it's mm. not a huge fan base but it's loyal and they'll they'll come out and see her every time you know, we go over. A lot of it comes from the um, the Jeff Beck uh, rock and roll party right, that yeah. we did over there because that was broadcast throughout the states on on PBS. Yeah, and it it, it got rerun all the time. You know, mm. it, it's 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 uh, it's it's been really really good for us. Um, so that's helped a lot. 
um, and she's she's seen as a very cool artist with people that 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 are on the fringes of the rock and roll rockabilly mm. uh, scene that that perhaps are not purely into rockabilly. Um, they like to to take other influences and mix it all together as as Amelda does. Yeah. So there's a lot of bands in America that do that. Um, and and um, they they kind of see her as as I suppose the figurehead for that sort of movement, right. uh, which is which is good, which is nice. And um, so she's she's seen as a very sort of cool, quirky, credible artist mm. out mm. there, with with the people that know her, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's certainly not mainstream, and um, difficult to say if it ever if it ever could be really, you know. But right. um, but before you know, before we have any success out there, we have to have a good record label, you know. Right. And, and that's one of the things that we've struggled with over there. Right. Uh, I don't know if that's going to change in the future. Hopefully, it will. You know. Um, do you think that sort of things possibly harder to do now as well? Obviously, with the changing face of the the music industry and downloading and things like that, record companies are getting quite few and far between really aren't they or, or maybe they're getting more I don't know because there's lots of little ones well it is a, it, thing, but. it is a worry it, it, it is a worry I mean I was reading something the other day a, a, a musician was talking about um, Spotify mm. and he was saying now I don't know anything about Spotify I, I'm not interested in it I don't subscribe to it right now that's not just me being a musician that's just me just not being very interested in technology you know right um I'd much prefer to buy records because that's what I grew up with. Yeah. Um, but I've been kind of looking into it, and as I'm no expert, I really shouldn't share an opinion. But but I do, I do worry with how fast technology is moving along. Yeah. And because it always seems to me that musicians always sort of get the 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 the, the raw end of everything anyway. You know, I mean, it's the yeah. musicians that go out and make the music, write the songs. It's mainly other people that make the money from it, generally speaking. Mm. Um, but certainly, I don't quite understand how, you know, you can pay £10 a month and listen to a million songs if you want to, mm. and yet, or you could listen to the same song a million times, <laughs> and that artist would still only end up with like 20 quid mm. from it, you yeah. know? I don't, mm. I don't know how that works, and I don't know how that's going to be good for musicians in the future, especially musicians that have to uh, rely on their own sales in order to fund the next recording project yeah. or something you know yeah. and that's basically what this guy was saying in this in this article he's a jazz guitarist or something and he was saying right. that you know the, the the revenue he was making from downloads was so incredibly small it would yeah. never fund anything in the future yeah. so he yeah. was saying how are independent musicians going to survive yeah if if uh, physical sales uh, are are you know drying up sort of thing. totally yeah. totally uh, evaporate yeah so it is a worry. Um, Dave Grohl sort of argued that if people download it, they'll come and see you at a show, and then they'll buy a T-shirt, and you'll generate more income that way. I well, don't know whether that's a well, that's fine if you Dave Grohl. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> But that's not going to work for every musician, and you know that only a very tiny percent percentage of musicians ever go on and achieve what he's achieved. Yeah, you know, um, the best you can hope to make out of music is a living, mm-hmm. and you're doing pretty good if you do that. Yeah, um, and it's and it's really hard work, and 
you don't get sick pay and you know there's you don't get holidays you know it's I'm it's, with you there brother <laughs> you, you know if if, if young if you know the, the next, if kids sort of knew how difficult it was they wouldn't do it that's why they want, all want to go on X Factor and have it instantaneously yeah yeah, yeah. you know yeah so uh, but there will always be people that, people that will want to pick up a guitar and go out and play rock and mm -hmm. roll because you know that it, it they always will be, and 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 long may that continue. Mm -hmm. But um, I do worry about the future with technology and everything. But then again, you've got to have a bit of faith in human nature. I mean, music fans will tell you that yeah, I'll go out to gigs, I will buy records, yeah. I'll, I'll, and th and they do, and they're yeah. great, and and we love them because without them, we wouldn't be able to work. Yeah. But um, but it does seem that technology just you know, there's always people out there that want technology to get something for nothing. Yeah, and music is once you once you, I've always believed if you if you if you reduce something down to nothing, it becomes nothing. Yeah, and music now is something that just floats about in cyberspace, mm -hmm. and I don't think it really should be that. I think it should be something that should be cherished, and you need to you know walk to the shops and buy something that needs to be looked after and cherished and everything. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter how much it costs because a lot of people need to get paid when a record comes out. There's a lot yeah. of people that work at record companies, and they all. You know, they they all need to be paid, and yeah. and uh, so you know, if a record costs twenty quid, it would cost twenty quid. You know, mm -hmm. it's a one-off payment. You can have it forever. Mm -hmm. um, I've never agreed with the iTunes thing of cherry picking songs after people have spent an awful lot of time and effort to make an, an album. album. Yeah. You know, I, I I don't like that. I think that's a very lazy way of buying music. Do you think some people have maybe put together an album and just think, yeah, well, that track will go on, that track will go on, and not really think about the album like artists used to well I mean, you you clearly do think about I the think, album as a whole but yeah an album is a is a whole it's something that is that is put together and 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 a great deal of time and effort goes on goes into it mm -hmm. if that's not worth 10 pounds of, of of somebody's money then well i can't argue with that can i but i i happen to think it does yeah you know yeah. and uh but but there's there's always going to be people that are going to have a different opinion yeah. and and again you know I, I all I worry about is is my future as a musician mm -hmm. that's that's all I really mm -hmm. care about you know and because I just want to keep on making music yeah it just seems that every so often there's just another couple of obstacles put in the way to make it and and I mean I know we you know on the on the face of it it seems we're doing we're doing quite well and you know we are considering where we mm -hmm. were 10 years before yeah but it's taken us 20 years to get here you know yeah. and uh and uh yeah you know we've we've uh, we can pay the mortgage a little bit easier than what we could before <laughs> but we still got a mortgage yeah you know yeah. and, and lots of baby clothes to buy yeah. now as well <laughs> change. so you know, you just want to you just want to do your bit and yeah. and keep people happy. But yeah. but you but it'd be nice if it was done on your own terms once in a while, you know. Sure. But then, it, but but it sounds like I'm moaning. I'm really not. But but uh, you know, we're sitting in the sage. There'll be a couple of thousand <laughs> people in tonight. Um, but it is. It's. Uh, it, it, but I do worry about the 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 kids that are picking up guitars and and you know, where's the next generation of rock and roll is and, coming from and so I mean that brings us to next door you have the Caesars mm -hmm. who you've championed every time I've seen you you've mentioned them and you had them on tour with you with the Catmen and stuff like that mm -hmm. 
young rock and rollers. They are, um, but they're a rare breed. You know, I mean, that's why we we cherish them so much because mm. there's not enough of them out there. Um, but, and again, the, the Caesars, you know, they're a band that have a lot of influences in their music. You know, it's not you can't call them a rockabilly band. Mm. I mean, you know, you can call them a rock and roll band because it, yeah. it is rock, rock and roll. roll. Yeah. Um, but that means different things to different people. Yeah. Now. But uh, but I. I I love them. I think they're great, and their energy and their enthusiasm, and they get better every time you see and hear them. Yeah. Um, and that's all you want from your from a band that you yeah. like is to is to see them improve every time. Yeah, and they and the and the core of the band is still together. You know, it's you know, there's three guys that have been together for a long time now. Right. And they're still only sort of twenty two, twenty three. So they believe in what they're doing, mm. and um, and that's great. Um, as I say, we live in a world where everything seemingly has to be instantaneous. Um, a lot of bands fold after a, you know, a year or two mm. if they don't feel they're getting anywhere mm. with it. But um, but I think the guys in the seas has realised that it's it's a long term plan. Mm. And uh, you know, if they get somewhere with it, then they can they can look back and say, well, we worked really hard to get here, and they'll perhaps appreciate it a bit more. Yeah. You know. And so, I mean, do you feel like that you're their mentor? Do they look to no. you as your mentor or whatever? No, no, just no. I don't think just that. a good mate. And yeah, no, I don't get that that feeling, and I don't. No, they they, they have other influences. I mean, I I was just able, I was just in a position to help them, really. Yeah. And and I was and I was more than happy to do that. Uh, you know, we put out an album with them that 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 they that they are proud of. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, obviously, it was an album that was what the band was like then, which was a couple of years ago now, yeah. Um, yeah. and they've moved on from there. So, so it's a different band in many ways. But um, as I say, they keep getting better, and they they and and they still seem to be hungry and 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 love what they do, mm. and um, and that's marvelous, really. Excellent. And touring now that you're a dad. Mm. Have you had to make any big changes, or does things just happen as normal? Or well, it's a lot harder for Imelda, definitely. You know, <laughs> she's she's the one that suffers more than I do. Her, I mean, um, she seems to cope very well yeah. with motherhood. She's she's taken to it well. Yeah, she loves it. She loves. I mean, Violet's a funny little thing. You know, she's two years old now, and she's she she speaks really well. I mean, you can you can have you know almost good conversations. conversations yeah, with her. yeah. Um, she loves the tour bus. She loves all her boys, as she calls them. And uh, she, you know, she's with us every, all the time. Everywhere yeah. we go, she's with us, you know. Yeah. And uh, she's just the funniest little thing. I mean, she was charming them all last night in Harry's bar. All the waiters were coming up. They loved her. And uh, she's just, uh, yeah, she's just, well, that's what children do, don't they? They just yeah. bring a lot of joy into your life, so... So uh, every As day, as your song is, says, "Put a smile on your face without even knowing that sort of thing," isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. I mean, I smile just thinking about her, and yeah. uh, and uh, she's just such a just such a funny little thing, and it's and it's and that's your legacy at the end of the day, isn't it? I mean, absolutely. Yeah, you know, music and whatever you do for a living. I mean, it's your kids that that that's your legacy. Yeah, yeah. So so it's wonderful, and, and we're quite, you know, we sort of got into the, the parenthood thing 
a little bit late really you know was right, yeah I was 42 when she was born uh-huh. Mel was 38 yeah so it's uh yeah. so we just feel blessed that she came along when she, you know when she yeah. did really you know? yeah so you have you don't have to go to early to bed or anything after gigs now you know well, <laughs> uh, well we know we both still I mean we're not that old we still <laughs> you know we still stay up for a couple of hours and, and what have you but uh, she uh, yeah no Melda, Melda gets less sleep than I do but she right. has a she has a kip during the, the afternoon with, right. with with Violet you know right. so she gets a little bit of it back but it's um, but it's still pretty tough but she loves it you know she loves being with her uh, as I do you know so um, it's um, it's yeah, good it's you like good. it yeah very much so you like family life yeah the, the uh, deluxe editions just come out yeah two new tracks or two bonus tracks isn't it there's one with Smokey Robinson on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. do you want to tell us anything about that or <laughs> well I've you know I've sort of kind of I've never liked all of this thing that they do now, record companies do now. I don't like this. this Bring it back out with a couple of extra tracks. Yeah, Yeah. you know, I, I, you know, um, because it's not really part of the album. The album's Tribal. Tribal is an album. Yeah. And it's got twelve as a a set of songs. Songs, yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, a lot of other songs come along that have nothing to do with it. You know, (laughs) and and and. I mean, back in the in the days of, and uh, you know, I know vinyl is is still selling quite strong. Like, yeah. But I mean, you know, I'm talking about, you know, the the fifties and the sixties. Yeah. If you had a, if you had like four tracks left over, you'd you'd put them out as an EP. An EP, yeah. You know, and that was a nice collectible yeah. little thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm not quite sure. I, but then again, you know, I think record companies are kind of pulling their air out, trying to find ways of. Keeping it all going, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. and and for us even, you know, if there's a if if one of those songs was to suddenly get played on the radio and start making a bit of noise, all of a yeah. sudden tribal starts selling again. Yeah, you know, I mean, um, so I suppose you've got to sort of. I'm I'm kind of torn as a, as a collector. I kind of think, oh, you know, would I buy it? If yeah. I, but then, but then again, if I was if I was a huge fan of an artist, I'd buy anything. Yeah, because I'm yeah. a collector. Yeah, but um, but I can sort of see why people moan about it because I, I kind of right. share a bit of that right. thought. Could have had it as a bonus download. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but I do think I do think Tribal as a, as an album is is a great yeah. album. Yeah, as a collection yeah. of songs, it's, yeah. it works too well together. Yeah. For those twelve yeah. tracks that were together, and, yeah, and then all of a sudden, you know, four four or five other songs come along, which kind of dilute it because they get yeah. nothing to do with it. Yeah. But you know they're they're all kind of good songs. I mean, I think the I love the track that she did with the Levelers, um, "Beautiful Day." I, I mean, I like I like the song anyway. But, yeah. But I love that. Um, wasn't really keen on the Smokey Robinson thing. Right. Um, and I can't remember what the others are. So so I can't remember what it is off the top. Of my oh, head, zo- I think Zombie Girls. Are, Zombies, right. Zombie Girls is a great song. So so that's great to have on the CD because I think that was originally only a, only on a download. Right. You know, so yeah. I mean, you know, if you if you if, if, if you haven't bought the album already, go out and buy it. With yeah, bonus you, tracks. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> value for money, I guess. You know. <laughs> and Elvis's 80th birthday 
in two months, or would have been Elvis's 80th birthday. Well, or maybe, maybe, maybe it is. Maybe, it's, maybe it is. Maybe who knows? Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's the way to release a new album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's waiting for his 80th birthday to come back. I wondered whether you would be involved in any of the because there's going to be masses of Elvis celebrations. You just put Elvis eighty and it's just yeah things all happening. Well, no one's asked us to do anything, right? Which sort of surprises me, I suppose, if there was something in the pipeline, mm. um, because um, we'd love to be involved, obviously. Because and you'd be one of the obvious choices, let's face well, it. Well, yeah. <laughs> But maybe I don't know. I mean, Amel has always been been very uh, upfront about her love for Elvis's music yeah. and, and Elvis himself. I've always been a huge fan. All, all of us in the band are, yeah. are Elvis fans. But um, I, I think it's great that his memory is still out there, and and that there's still kids getting into his music. Yeah. I mean, he 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 was. The greatest rock and roll singer that's ever walked the planet, yeah. in in my opinion, um, I don't think there's been anyone that has come along with his charisma, uh, his attitude, the way he looked yeah. back in the fifties. It was just from another planet. Yeah, he was just yeah. the greatest thing that ever walked the planet, as far as rock and roll fans were concerned. Yeah. And nothing's really changed as far as I'm concerned. No one's ever, no one's come along that can touch him. No one. And uh, I don't think anyone ever will. It, right. some, some, in some genres of music, it's like Sinatra with with jazz. I mean, you can't. Mm. You know, you could probably say there was other. There was technically better jazz singers out there, but he had the charisma, didn't mm. he? He's mm -hmm. the one that everybody mm -hmm. uses as the benchmark. And it's the same with Elvis. Of course, you know, Little Richard was a great rock and roll singer. Of course, Gene Vincent was. There was loads that were great. And he had the whole package. But he was every right place yeah. at the right time, and yeah. everything just yeah, yeah. You know, when when a style of music is 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 embodied in the persona of one artist, that's yeah. when you know that they're the greatest. And 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 with Elvis, you you can't odds that you can't argue with it. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, I mean, people try and do every now and then. You just think, oh, shut up. You, know? <laughs> you just you know, just leave it alone. He's the he's the king. Just leave it at that. All right. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, uh, Fair uh, enough. I think you know it's it's great that that he's still being remembered. Yeah. And, and um, but you haven't got any plans, or you haven't been booked to do a special no, concert no, yet. No, no, no. But it's you know still possible that it might we might do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and finally, we must talk to you about Sunderland Football Club, as I've seen as we're up this part of the world. Well, <laughs> or do you not want not, to? <laughs> Not a lot to talk about, really. Is it? <laughs> I mean, it's you know, it's uh, your season's not going how you would hope. No, I see Newcastle doing well, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're flying. I support neither, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're up in number four or something. They're fine. Yeah, they've done really well. Something like that. No, I think yeah. it's going to be the usual fare. It's the same every season, really. You know, they're going to be. They're going to be floating around in the bottom half, and you're just going to open pray they'll stay up. But um, it's uh, it's the trials and tribulations, isn't it, of supporting a football team? Indeed. Especially if it's you know if it's outside of the top six that are always up there. Yeah. You you, you just know it's going to be a relegation yeah. battle. So I mean that makes it a bit exciting for you, doesn't in, it? A bit. In some ways, that that is the charm of it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But. Um, 
but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wish they'd have a few seasons of just sort of sitting mid-table comfortably. Yeah, uh, it would do my it would do my um, my my uh, my ulcer an awful lot of good if they were <laughs> just to stay mid-table comfortably with like six games to go and have to worry about it, you know. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I can't remember what that because the last time we spoke, it was near the FA Cup time, wasn't it? Was it the FA Cup or the League Cup final or something? It was like some cup final and said, "Oh, you're going to go down to the cup final or something." Were you not in it? Yeah, I did. I went down to that the League Cup. Yeah, it was last season. Um, I went. To, I went down to that, and yeah. uh, um, it was great. I mean, you know, one nil up with, you know, going up to half time, and you sort of thought, "Wow, this, you know, we could happen. This could happen." <laughs> you know, stranger things about. Um, but of course, Man City came back and. You know, scored three goals, and that was the end of that, really. But, <laughs> but it was uh, it was a great day out, and it was it was great for the obviously for the the long suffering fans that haven't had a lot to yeah. shout about in yeah. in um, you know recent years. Yeah. But but they keep they keep staying up. I mean, last year was a miracle where they managed to stay up for both teams, wasn't yeah. it? It was like yeah. But I mean, Sunderland were at the bottom at Christmas and were yeah. appalling. Last Christmas, this time last year, Sunderland were appalling. And just they were dead certs to go down, and they just pulled it out the back. How they yeah. did that, I'll never know. It's going to be one of, that's going to go down in history as one of the greatest escapes of any club in the Premiership. It will do. Yeah. And well, I don't know if that's something to be proud of, but I mean, it's, <laughs> but it's but it's it's quite cool in its own way. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, you know, it's it's all, it's part, all part of, of football. All part, it's all part of the fun, isn't it? <laughs> Daryl, as ever, thanks very much for taking the time out to speak to us. It's been a pleasure. Looking forward to seeing you tonight with your lovely Gretsch set up. Yeah, I'm looking forward to tonight yeah. very much so. Thanks, Ali. That was really great. Great. Cheers, man. Thank you. <laughs>